You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Hello, sweet listener. Today we have a really great guest, and his name is Kamil Makowski. He's from a startup called MCon Services. And today he's gonna tell us about his unique startup. MCon Services specializes in automating and optimizing business processes and data management through online systems. Not only cutting down costs, but also bringing to light new income opportunities for small and medium sized businesses. But let's hear more from Camel himself. Hey, Camel. Hi, Elvis. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for bringing me up so early, you know? Yeah, I know, right? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. How are you today, by the way? I'm really good. I'm, I'm a little tired. I had a long work day last night, like always, uh, when you are a startup founder. But uh, I'm feeling good. have a long day in front of me also, but uh, I'm excited for this podcast. That's the beauty, right, of the startups. You never sleep at the right time. <laughs> I know, right? Tell me, what does it mean being an entrepreneur in this fast-paced world, Camel? Oh, well, it, uh, it means a lot of things. Of course, it, uh, I believe it really depends on which industry you're in and, and how you are running a startup. Because, of course, there are a lot of different ways and you can run your business as a startup. And that all, of course, makes up the experience. What I think uh, is that it is just a great, great experience. It really is. Ever since I started my company, I don't really see myself going out and working for somebody else. I mean, that might happen at some, some point because I know there's a lot of experience to gain. But my final goal will always be to, to have my own company and, and to just run my own business. I guess we all want to be kind of our own bosses. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But also just, just the freedom that comes with it. And, and also the change that you can actually bring to the world and, and to all the, all the businesses that you work with. Okay. What can you tell more about yourself? Well, about myself, I am uh, from Poland, originally born there. And then I moved here to Denmark when I was six months old uh, with my family, of course. And at the moment, I'm 19. I am just graduating high school at the moment, actually having my final exams. And then next year, I'm probably going to go here to CBS and uh, study digital management. I've had this company, Amcon Services, for more than two years now, almost two and a half. And this is pretty much where I stand in. And uh, if I may ask, because you're from Poland, why Denmark? Why Denmark? Actually, it was because of my dad's job. He used to work at Danfoss, the company that produces those thermostats. He got a job opportunity here in Denmark, so, so he moved here. Uh, the plan was we were supposed to move back to Denmark after two or three years. But uh, he decided to stay and actually open his own company as well and stop working for Danfoss. And why don't you work for your dad instead of uh, kind of go through all these obstacles and struggle road of, you know, startups? Because my dad is my customer at the moment. Okay, so I guess he's the best customer you have. Yes. Cool. Tell me about your personal life goals. What is your personal life goals, Camille? 
Do you mean in regards to the company or in just regards to everything? Life, company. Well, yeah, that's a that's a big question. I mean, of course, what everybody says, being happy. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people asking this question, right? Where would you like to see yourself in five, ten years? In five, ten years, I'm gonna have a company which is gonna run smoothly. That's my goal. In ten years, I'm gonna have a company that I'm gonna be free of in terms of. Uh, the company depending on me uh, in order to to provide the services or sell the products or or whatever we're going to be doing at that time. And I'm probably going to start some new companies also uh, because I don't think one company is enough. I'm going to try to build it and then start working on another stuff. How many companies is enough? I don't know yet. <laughs> Would you like always stay in the same industry as no, you are currently? No, 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 not at all. No, no. Right now, I'm yeah. Of course, I'm working on the B two B market. I'm selling to companies, and and this is kind of kind of a consulting company. I mean, I guess we can get back to that because we're not purely a consulting company. But I would definitely at some point try to explore the B two C market and try to sell to to individuals uh, because I find that very exciting and especially like the marketing part and the the way you can approach uh, consumers. Is way different on the on the B two C market than it is on B two B, and that's definitely something that I want to try in the future. And uh, what is your driving force of becoming an entrepreneur? I have heard from many entrepreneurs that this passion, uh, will to kind of be their own boss. What is yours? My passion is, I mean, it might sound a little cheeky, to prove that nothing is impossible. That's my drive. Somebody tells me this is not possible, we can't do it. I'm going to say, I I'm going to try to do it. This is really what I'm trying to do. And, and no matter what it is, I mean, I started this company knowing nothing about processes and nothing about digitalization and, and digital transformation and so on. I knew absolutely nothing, and I started from there. And now, you know, we have a company that earns money and, and is pretty stable. That is That is what drives me, just proving that, even though it might seem impossible to myself, it's not impossible. So I guess the sky is not the limit. No. There is something above the sky that is the limit. I would say that, but where is the limit of the sky? Interesting. But you said that you are currently earning some money from the company, right? Yes. Is it enough to kind of live? Uh, actually, at the moment, I don't withdraw any money from my company. Everything I earn is either stays in the company or is some kind of investment. Right now, you know, I'm still studying, so I get my scholarship here in Denmark SU. That's what I live off of. And what I earn in the company stays in the company. At the moment, we don't have any big investments, but I probably see some investments in the future. So, so it's a good thing to have some money in there. And I don't really need it personally at the moment. So it stays. Okay. In what industry does your business operate? Again, very broad question when it comes to my business because a lot of people would say we are a consulting company. And some people might say we are kind of like a software development company or something of that sort. But we're kind of a mix. We really are. And a lot of people, of course, say that you have to be very clear on, on what kind of company you are. Are you a consulting company or are you a software development company or what do you actually do? Um, here, 
we we see ourselves in in the middle. We really do at the moment. Of course, the future might change that, but at the moment, we work with both. And and the reason why is because when we are talking about digital transformation, uh, like we're working with, and and digitalization of processes and automation and all that stuff, it's impossible to actually digitalize it without having the broad understanding and the very detailed dive into into every single process that, that the company operates in and also doing the the optimization because with digitalization there's a lot more opportunities to to make the processes more opt- optimal and and smooth and and so on and we really need to focus on that part in order to make some good solutions online so without that part of the analysis and, and optimization and, and working with the customer on, on, on their processes, we cannot digitalize them. And this is why we're in the middle, because without one of the parts, we cannot do the other, no matter what. So you are like a broad, broad company that does a lot of things with like digitalization, optimization, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I've also heard this um, this term in optimization. I mean, it's been kind of growing up in the public so much that, you know, people start like putting word optimization already into like their dinner or lunch talks, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about optimization? Is that the future, basically? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, I think it's a natural thing because with, with the way technology is advancing with, I mean, just just think about all the AI that is coming up and, and machine learning, all that stuff. That is, you know, a big part of automation. That's not something we work with at the moment, but just the fact that it is evolving so quick, I think just makes it inevitable that automation is going to be a big part of, of every single company and, and maybe also our personal lives. But I just don't see companies that don't take advantage of, of these technologies and automation, all that stuff, to, to have a competitive advantage in the future. I really don't, because somebody else is going to be better and more effective at it. Okay. So basically, you kind of suggest from your own perspective and from your own experience in, within the MCON services that automation has to be implemented into kind of each company. Yeah, it, it should. Uh, of course, there are different degrees of automation. And that is also something that you have to be very careful with. Again, talking from experience, we have tried to automate some things that should not have been automated. And, I mean, that's also a big part of our job. The job we do is is to actually evaluate if, if that part of the process or if that little thing within the company should be automated or if it should not. Because sometimes it just... It's way better and, and way more effective to, to just have a person do it. Because when we are talking about automation, a lot of times it depends on how we can model the process. Because some processes are pretty straightforward, like the same thing happens every single time. But sometimes there are so many exceptions that, of course, you could try to automate some of them. But in the end, it might bite you because you're going to depend on the system too much when you should actually be having a person do it who can think about every single situation in part and evaluate it. So I'm not saying everything should be automated, definitely not, but you should very carefully consider which parts of your business you want to automate, and by doing that, you can gain a huge advantage. Yes, I totally agree with you, Camille, because, you know, kind of 
I believe that there should be some kind of human factor in everything you do because, you know, I don't think that machines are that far as we are because, you know, our brain is kind of capable of putting this human factor. So it's not like, you know, a machine talking. Yeah, right. exactly. You told me that you're already gaining some income from the services that you offer, but uh, could you maybe tell me what is your current stage of your startup? We we have a we have a large customer, this Danish painting company, uh, which my dad is a partner in. But I mean, apart from that, I have been talking to, to some different companies and and doing a little bit of consulting here and there without doing a lot of work. But we haven't really been trying to acquire new customers at the moment. We've really been focusing on this one big customer because we're building a huge system for them, and it takes all our time more time than we have and uh and we're in the situation where we are missing people to to go and do the work and as long as we're missing people and i feel like we cannot provide the services that we promised to this company if we get on new customers then i'm gonna stick with this one company because i'm really holding on to to the values that i bring and i don't want that value to drop just because i'm bringing in a new customer because i would you know like to penetrate the market i mean yeah that's cool but you have to hold on to the value that you bring. You cannot just take on 10 customers and then not deliver. So this is the stage where I'm in. I totally agree with that. It has to be put more effort into like each single customer rather than in a quantity exactly. of customers. I would rather have two or three really good customers than having 20 bad customers. Yes, totally agree with that. Also, before I was coming here, read that you are working with platform called Podio. Yes. Could you tell me more about it? Because I briefly looked into it. It seemed like it's uh, some kind of project management app that you can plan the projects. And, but it's more for a team with more than one or two people, because I don't think you're going to use Podio for one man company. You can. You can definitely use Podio for a one-man company, and it can, it can really be an advantage for you. Podio, yes. A lot of people call it a project management tool, but honestly, it's way, way, way more than that. Podio is basically whatever you want it to be. It is a, it's a platform that allows you to create systems and databases and automations and pretty much whatever data flows you want and, and communication, sending emails, everything without having to code. That's basically what it is. And you can build it and structure it in whichever way you want. The way you can think about it is if you know WordPress, you know WordPress, right? That's a simple, simple way to go in and build a website. This is basically the same thing just for administrative systems or project management systems or accounting systems, whatever you want, where you go in and you have a blank canvas and most of it is drag and drop functions that you allocate in a way that makes sense. And then you go into what we call the back end in this case and the automation part, which is called Globiflow. And that is what steers everything that is in Podio. And there you can write all the logic you want without having to code. 
Of course, there are some limitations to that, and we overcome those limitations by coding because that's that's very easy. There are different extensions that actually al- allow you to call these APIs that you write yourself in a very easy way also. So we go in and most of it at the moment is without coding, but we're moving more and more into the coding part. And the reason for that is because this system that we're working on is growing so big that it's not enough. And we're reaching some limitations on, on the Podium and Globiflow part that results in us having to go and encode. And talking about Podio, we can say that it's, it's not the core of our services, but it is just the most effective way to reach the goal that we want at this moment. That doesn't mean that we only do Podio work. That is what we focus on at the moment because that's what the customer requires and that's what they want. And I'm a huge fan of Podio and I'm really going to try to sell that to all my customers as long as it's, of course, something that they can use. But that doesn't mean that it stops there because business process automation is, can be whatever and you can use whatever system. You can build your own or you can use some of the existing ones and this is what we're trying to do especially because the customer was trying to cut down the costs of creating this new system. They didn't want to build anything from scratch, so we looked what was available, and this popped up. Great thing about Podio is that you can integrate it with anything you want, and you can also use it as a database. Usually when you create systems like this, you will have to have a database, and then you will have to have all your logic and put that on a server, all that stuff. We don't need this. You just buy a simple Podio account, and everything is included, and Podio actually works like, like your database. That means that if you already have existing systems, like a bookkeeping system or some communication tool like uh, Slack, or if you use monday.com for tasks, whatever you want to use, we can keep those systems as they are and just integrate that with Podio. Put the automations on it and actually have Podio run your bookkeeping system, have Podio run your communication system to some extent, of course, and maybe also your task or whatever you want. So that just means that Podio is not just a simple project management tool, <laughs> but, uh, but you can really make it wh- whatever you want. Is uh, Podio part of your services that you offer? I mean, meaning, is it your product? No, it's not my product. Like I said, we had some processes we wanted to optimize and we, we looked for the best solution. And we found Podio to be the best solution in this case and probably in, in a lot of other cases also because that is one of the most powerful tools. Okay. Talking about your competitors and uh, the uniqueness of your business, could you tell me what's unique about your business and do you have any competitors? Yeah, I do. I do have a lot of competitors. There are a lot of... Podio consulting companies out there and and Podio development companies. I think the key point to make here is that we are not just a Podio consulting company. That is what we do at the moment, but that is far from the goal. Uh, The goal is that Podio is just one of the services that we provide. And every single time we get a new customer, we evaluate which solution suits them. If it's Podio, we're going to do Podio. If it's something else, we're going to do something else. If we want to build something from scratch, we'll build it from scratch. And I think that is the the most important point to make here that makes me different from the competitors because the competitors, they're just doing Podio. And I know people can talk about, you know, specialization and, you know, they specialize in doing Podio, so they must be better at it. But 
purely doing Podio work within Podio and, and Globiflow and, and maybe some of the other extensions usually is not enough to create very complex systems. And this is where the coding and the whole process, you know, optimization and the whole analysis part that we do in the beginning is a huge part of, which also evaluates which tools we have to use. Have you thought about yourself building similar platform like Podio? Or you rather use something external like Podio in this case? I would rather use something external. Of course, it depends on the needs of the customer. If it doesn't suit them, then of course we would, we would offer to build something from scratch. However, I don't, I don't think that would happen that often. <laughs> I really don't. Because it's just, it's so cheap. It's cheap to use Podio. You can have a whole franchise run on Podio just paying $100 a month, maybe. Of course, you're going to have to pay for the development of it and all that stuff, but keeping it alive, 100 maybe $200 if it gets big. If it's a small business, you can have it for $24 a month. Okay, so it's pretty cheap. Yeah. And pretty efficient. Yeah. If I may ask, how did you come up with your business idea? Well, this company that is my customer at the moment, I was working for them at one time back when I was probably 16 when I was working for them and I was doing some of the most boring work that you can do which is just basically looking at some pdf files and copying data from from those files into excel and uh, dragging some calculations and, and formulas to to calculate whatever right and that is what I was doing basically just copying data and calculating contracts that was taking so much time and I was basically just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I thought to myself, there must be a way more effective way to do this. There really must be a way more effective way because it cannot be true that I have to sit here and spend hours on just copying stuff. Of course, I went on the internet, tried to search for something, automation tools, project management, calculations, all that stuff. And I found Podio, looked into it, created a short demo. and. I pitched it for the company and they really liked the idea. They really liked it and they saw huge potential in it. So uh, I started developing their system. Uh, of course, like I said before, I didn't know anything at all. So I started developing for this company and they were just paying me a regular salary like they did before. Nothing big, nothing specific. And after a few months, I decided, listen, why not go solo? Why not start my own company doing this? And that's what I told them. I said, listen, guys, uh, I'm going to start my own company. Uh, what do you think about that? And would you like to be my customer in that case? And they said, yes, go ahead. And they've been my customer since. Okay. Lucky story. I know, right? <laughs> I haven't asked to any other previous founder, but I have decided to kind of ask this time. Hey? How did you come up with your company name? My company name? Um, it's pretty easy, actually. MCON Services stands for Makovsky, Con for consulting, and then services. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a simple question. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry to maybe disappoint you. Uh, some other people probably have some exciting stories, but uh, pretty simple and straightforward like that. But I, I have to ask you, what do you think about the name? I basically think it's interesting when you explain me, because as I, as I have also mentioned, that it's... I, I was also on a way biking today here and I was thinking like MCON sounds like I used to watch uh, these cartoons a long time ago with like Pokemon, Digimon and all that uh -huh. kind of stuff and it's like a futuristic 
kind of that and including like the movie Matrix. Uh-huh. It seems futuristic, but if you kind of hear it, you maybe you would not understand from this first company, Apple. When you hear Apple, you know what it is because it's yeah. been a long time around. But if it wasn't, then, you know, I would think it's fruit company yeah, or something like exactly. that in this yeah. case. But yeah, a lot of people have mentioned to me that the name might not be that suitable, actually, for my company. Because it's maybe hard to remember. That's what I've heard. That people, when they hear it, they think, all right, sounds cool. And then, let's say they come home two hours later. They go like, wait, what, what was it? What services? They don't know what it was. That's what I've heard of feedback. So I'm really thinking about changing the name. Have you thought about what name? Yeah, I have. Can you share? Sure, I'm going to share it. I was thinking about re-digitize as one of them because we are working with you know, digital transformation and, and digitalization or time take because we're saving a lot of time. Okay, I can see that. What do you think? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you kind of like save the time for people. But is it catchy? Does it sound catchy in your See, brain? Th- that's what I don't know. In my brain, it does. Okay. But uh, I'm biased about it. When somebody looks at my name, it's like Sweetcast Media, and then you see like an ice cream with uh, some kind of stripes. I mean, nobody would understand. It's the microphone, right? And yeah. it's a sweet. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of companies that kind of have this unclear name, and then they are like billion companies. Yeah. So. I believe that it's more like in what you believe mm-hmm. and how do you present the company to people. Yes. If you're going to present in a way you want the people to understand, then, you know, people going to accept it and just go with it. Mm-hmm. So it depends on yourself. Yeah. Moving forward, obstacles. Have you had any obstacles during your startup? <laughs> a lot of obstacles. Can you uh, Like always. Some? Yes, of course. Well, first off, of course... The solution part, which we're talking about, we've had a lot of processes that weren't that straight on um, to digitalize and maybe weren't able to be supported in in a very good way by by Podio or Globiflow where we started building all the other processes and finding unique workarounds and innovative ideas for how to to make this work on, on the platform and in the circumstances that, that we are in. So a, a huge part of our work is, is actually thinking outside of the box. And this is also why we really appreciate creativity and, and new ideas and, and ways to kind of like bend the, the systems that we're working on and the technologies. Uh, a lot of obstacles have come from designing solutions because we're not making our own system. We're using something out there, right? Other than that, seen from like a company perspective, Obstacles have been finding the right people because designing Podio is a little bit of a different way of thinking. Um, so it's not like I can go out there and post a job saying uh, we need developers in, uh, in PHP or we need developers in this and this language because they're going to have to go through some kind of training in order to switch the logic a little bit when working on, on Podio uh, in this case. Of course, if we would be developing something from the bottom, or some other platforms, whatever, then it might be easier. But here, this has been a, really a challenge. And this is probably also why we're missing people at the moment. Of course, at, I also have a great team. Nothing there. 
the people that have stayed and the people that have been around the company and actually put in a lot of effort to, uh, to learn this technology and, and, and try to really contribute as much as possible, they really have contributed. Without them, I would not be where I am at the moment. I would be far from there. Maybe I wouldn't even be here. So really, a, a huge part of my success is, is the people that have been around me. There's no doubt about that. And how large is your team? Well, like I said, it varied a little bit. At the moment, we are three people that are working directly for me, which I have hired and trained. Other than that, we have so much work, so we outsource some of it to, to other companies, web development companies who have experience in Podio. Sometimes some freelancers pop up, and uh, we try to work with them on kind of like a project basis. So whenever we have something, they do it, and if not, of course, they, they do something else for somebody else. But we have four people that are, that are working directly for me. And you mentioned that uh, the most important part of your kind of success is the team. But uh, you also said that you, may, you are searching for new people, yes, right? definitely. Maybe you can mention some must-have requirements that you are looking into potential candidates. Yes. Thinking outside of the box. Thinking outside of the box and being innovative and not afraid to try and come up with new solutions. That is really the key factor in our case. Because you might be a good programmer, you might be a good podio consultant, but if you cannot think outside of the box and create new exciting solutions, then this is not the place for you. Because that is really, the again, one of the key factors. Uh, there are limitations and we need to overcome those limitations. And if you're not able to think outside the box, create new ideas, we can't do that. So that's, of course, one of the biggest parts. Other than that, I mean, you need to have like a, a broad understanding on how coding and programming works. You don't have to be a good developer. You don't even have to know a coding language but you have to know and understand the logic behind coding. So that would be something like you know, functions and loops and, and the way you, you might link scripts or, or maybe APIs. Just a broad understanding of how that works, that is actually fine. Because other than that, we're going to take care of the whole Podio training. And this is, this is when we're talking about the way that we're doing right now on Podio. Of course, when it comes to developing other stuff, we're going to have different re requirements. But at the moment, we're looking for people for Podio development. And uh, you can be a student. You can be somebody who's looking for a full-time job. But one of the main perks, I would say, is that you are able to work from anywhere and anytime you want. Because you get a project and you get a deadline and you just have to finish that project. Whether you sit here at the office, if you sit at home, or if you are outside of the country traveling, you can still do your work because you just need to sign on to Podio and do the development. Maybe write some code if that is one of your tasks. But you really have the freedom to do and work wherever you want. That has been a huge advantage my, uh, my employees and, and my developers have said that it's, it's just great. One of the developers is from Slalse, that's like an hour or an hour and a half from here. And he doesn't want to come to the office every single day. And for him, this is a huge advantage that he can just stay at home and do the development. And then we have some Skype meetings maybe from time to time. And he submits some reports and we take it from there. Okay. 
Interesting. Also, you're going to learn a lot about, you know, system structure and, and company structure, and you're going to learn how to really utilize the technology. Even though you don't know the, the programming language, you can learn how you're going to bend the technologies, integrate them, and how they play together. And you're going to see a lot of different opportunities just by trying to work with, with what we work with here without having any experience. And what is the what is the educational background that this person requires in this case? Because you know it's kind of you're working with like advanced technology. I mean, it's this is what I'm saying. It's not really that advanced because most of it can be done without having to write the actual code. But in order to make it all fit as a whole in the system, in order to make it work, you have to have the logic in place. You won't have to write all the functions, but you're going to have to drag the functions and put them in the right places. And that's why you need the understanding of the logic, which is not that hard to understand. It's really not. So we're not looking for people with an actual education of some sort. We're just looking for people that are really willing to learn. And as long as they're willing to learn, as long as they're able to think outside of the box and technology excites them, This is going to be the place for them. If I may ask, how old is the startup? Two and a half. Two and a half years. So imagine that you had a chance to rewind those two and a half years, right? Mm -hmm. And start all over again. Yes. We know it's not possible because time machine haven't been invented yet. Mm -hmm. But let's say it's possible. What would you do differently? I would start assembling my team way earlier. I would. And I would have had a different approach to the way that the company should be structured and also the customers that I want to interact with. That meaning um, that for the first year or so, I was the only person in the company and I thought that was enough. I thought I was going to work on this one customer and I would be able to do everything myself. And after that, I would just kind of finish this customer, take on a new customer, work for him, finish that, work for a new one. So I was kind of seeing this as like a freelancer kind of job or company. But I quickly noticed that that is not the, the way to go forward. That there are a lot of opportunities out there. And in order to re reach those opportunities, I need the right people. And I have, a, as I already said, I have a bunch of great people at the moment. But we need more of those great people. And I would have started really focusing on that way earlier if I could rewind the time. Okay. So team is important in your startup. Yes, very. Okay. As an entrepreneur, you are now in this business for two and a half years and you must have some previous experience within, you know, all this industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are the main KE activities would you recommend others who planning to start their own startup or they are planning to go into entrepreneurship to invest their time in to succeed their goals? What kind of activities? Key activities. Before they start the company. Yes. Well, before you start the company, you don't have to do anything, I would say. If you have an idea, go for it. Really go for it. I mean, the only thing you lose is most likely just a bunch of time. And if you approach that idea, you're going to get those experiences that you can utilize next time. 
So if you have an idea, you might not have any experience in it, but go ahead and do it. Try to do it. Try to prove that it's not impossible. And you might fail. Most likely you will the first time. But that failure is going to bring so much experience that the next idea you have is going to be utilized way better. And you might fail again. That often is the case. But then you start over again and you have even more experience. And this experience that you gain opening your own company, I think is way more valuable than any other experience that you can get out there. If you go to some large company, let's say you work at Google or Facebook, whatever, you're going to get some experience, but that experience is going to be limited. You're going to be working with, let's say, a little bit of marketing, or you're going to be working with product management, and that is the experience you're going to get. When you start your own company, you do everything, and you get a little bit of experience here and there, and the more you do it, the more experience you get. And that's really the, the key. And there's, I don't think there's any experience out there in the big world that can prepare you for starting a company. Unless you're, of course, working for, for one of the, the big four uh, consulting companies, maybe, who really focus on training you and building a company and consulting people on building companies, that might help you. But if you are just out there having a regular job, I don't think that is going to prepare you 100%. Yeah, no, because from my own past experience, as I also have mentioned in previous episodes, that I've been in startup environment for like more than five years, I could say so. And each startup that I'm going through, I'm learning something new and bringing something new on the table. Exactly. And this is my first real startup that I'm starting. And I'm already feeling some obstacles that I'm thinking how to overcome them, mm -hmm. you know. What is that? One of the obstacles that I had this the previous week, I didn't manage to get anybody to host on the podcast. Therefore, I kind of missed on the weekly episode. But then I thought about it. Maybe I could kind of differentiate and, you know, go outside because there are a lot of, you know, the startup networking events mm -hmm. that I could maybe interview on a go people Yeah. in this case. It's a good idea. But for that, I kind of have to adjust my plan through every podcast episode that i'm doing i'm asking the same question to every founder mm -hmm. i wish i knew before tips so therefore i would like you to maybe to suggest some tips to newcomers in the startup environment that you have learned and you would like to kind of suggest the others don't be afraid to share your idea really don't for a long time i was afraid to share my idea and I still see a lot of people that are very secretive about their ideas and they don't want to share it. It's very important because this way you put yourself in a way better position to actually assemble the team that you need. Another thing is networking. Really do networking. Go to networking events. Go talk to people. Every single opportunity you have to talk about your startup, do it. Because you really never know when you're going to find some amazing people that can either join your team or in some way excel your company in a huge way. And this is what happened to me. I started going to different startup events and basically within a week or two, I think, I suddenly had three or four people that were wanting to join my company when I had nobody. I was on my own. And it really accelerated quick just by sharing my ideas and talking about what I had to offer people started getting interested and they started to kind of join. After that, of course, I've been doing some networking 
again and gotten some corporation opportunities. I've cooperated with some people uh, that have their own companies. Also, you know, getting references from people because without that network in a startup environment, it's it's really hard, and it doesn't hurt you in any way. Sharing your ideas, sharing your passion, is I don't see a see a bad side to it. Some people might say they will steal your idea, but they really won't. And if they do, it's not going to be the same idea because they're going to put their own little twist to it. Okay, so the importance that you're saying is to network, to share your opinion, and don't be afraid to share the ideas. Yeah. Right. Team, another important thing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> Okay, and the last one, and this is more for you, Camel, is uh, where people can find you or where can people more read about the MCON services? Yes. Well, we are not really that, uh, that online. We don't have, a, have an online presence as such because we have been, like I told previously, just working on this one customer and, and we we're actually just lacking work power. So we didn't see the see the need to go out there and show ourselves to the world as such. Although now we're trying to create something in, in order to recruit new people. But I have, a, I have a landing page where people can go and read a little bit about our services, our beliefs, what our goals are, and, and what kind of services we provide. And there's also some contact information. So uh, that link, I guess, will be in the description. Yes. When I'm going to post it, I'll go definitely take your link and I'll yeah, post and it. Yeah, so. it's going to be on mconservices.com. That's cool. And are you also in some kind of social media? Uh, yes, you can find me on LinkedIn by my name or, or my company. That should pop up. And uh, also on Facebook. And of course, if you are interested in, in hearing more or think that what we do sounds exciting and maybe you would like to join the team in some way, uh, you can always send me an email at uh, kam at mconservice.com and that's without an s at the end so mconservice.com that's also going to be on the web page so i'll definitely take all the links that you provide me yes and i'll share it when i'll post an episode awesome i'll thank you camel for this lovely morning session i'm uh, definitely woken up currently <laughs> And I enjoyed really talking to you, Camel. A little recap of what we had today. Today we had Camel Makovsky from Encon Services, a really great startup that specializes in automating and optimizing business processes and data management through online system, not only cutting down the costs, but also bringing to light new income opportunities for small and medium-sized businesses. And I guess you also, Camille, enjoy talking to me. Yes, it was really a pleasure to talk to you. Really cool experience. Perfect. For all the listeners who also enjoyed, and I'm looking forward maybe hosting you again, ever. Of course. I'm down. Because I always like to see how the startup being developed over the, you know, months or years. Yes and where they stand in maybe, let's say, half a year or a year, mm. right? So awesome. I guess that will be it from me today. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Okay. And goodbye to everybody.